62 and 16, blue states and Roth options, all on today's Fednababble. This is Fednababble, where Kevin and Cassie make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans like you. These two don't hold back as they answer questions from the FedPilot workshops and webinars or from questions submitted by you at fednababble.com. Hello, Cassie. Hello, hello. Oh, <laughs> hi. All right. So what's the first question today, Kevin? Here we go. So at age 62 with 16 years, I should be good to retire? I sure hope so. <laughs> <laughs> That's a classic I answer. <laughs> I hope you are, <laughs> but it's not always that way though, right? I, I mean, I hate to say it. Not always. Not always. Not, not always. always. But so, yeah. So the answer is yes. It, whether you're a FERS employee or a SERS employee. Okay. Are you good to retire? That's a mental thing, I think, right? <laughs> That's, I don't know your yeah. mental state. I don't know what it is. What, what is your, what? What are you thinking? But as far as fully retiring, either SIRS or FERS, if you're 62, you can retire with five years and be okay. Fully retire. Now, when I say fully retire, Cassie, when you and I say fully retire, some people get the impression that oh, I get as much money as someone who has worked 30 years because that's full retirement. I don't know if you've ever heard anyone say that before, but no no you don't you no, just get all I, the privileges I, yeah i do have to explain that there will not be a reduction and that's what fully retire means right. is that you are retiring right. under an immediate pension with no reduction right um so i'm always clear when i'm making notes to advisors on that point because <laughs> they're like oh well they want to go out you know as soon as when they're when they're fully ready and i'm like okay well this person's you know 57 with um only 15 years of service so they can retire but then there's going to be a reduction so they're not fully eligible to retire yet because they're not going out uh with an unreduced with an unreduced pension and so there's going to be a penalty applied um right and that's what it means to be fully eligible to retire. So this person, yes, if you are mentally ready to go with 62 years and 16, uh, or at age 62 with 16 years in service, then go for it. Um, right. If that's what you, if you want to do, right? I don't know that I want to retire that young, but everybody's different. <laughs> yep. um, you know, if but you have something to, I think, the mental part, like there, there has to be something that you're retiring to. You can't. Yeah. So good. I don't know if you're financially good to go because I don't know what right. your pension numbers look like and all of those different pieces of the pie, you know, social security, are you going to take social security at 62? Like, you know, financially, I don't know if you're going to be good. Um, eligibility. Yes. You're good for eligibility, but you are there's other factors that people need to take a look at for retirement um, that I think are simply missed just because they think I'm this age, I've got this many years in service, I'm good. There's other factors that we have to look at. 
what are you going to do after retirement? Are you going to start a business? Are you going to, um, you know, hang out with the grandkids? Like, what is that? What is that goal um, of your free time that you're going to be kind of doing something else? Because um, I know from experience that there have been several federal employees who separate and because they have nothing to retire to, they passed away shortly right. after retirement. Yep. I've seen that as well. Yep. Um, I've personally had, you know, I, I was helping this federal, uh, this federal employee and his wife and um, he had to take a retirement due to some um, injuries and he was a firefighter. Um, and he, so he, he took an early retirement, but that wasn't something he was mentally prepared for. And so I think within three months of actually retiring from service, he had passed away. Wow. Um, because he wasn't mentally ready, even though he physically couldn't do his job. Um, you know, he didn't look at other avenues either mm -hmm. as far as transferring an agency or what have you. There are other options if you're not ready to retire, you know, look at those possibilities. And so I think people need to do more planning when it comes to this. And it's just simply not based on, okay, am I, am I eligible to retire? Sure. Whether you are good to retire financially and mentally are a whole other questions that we can't answer. Right. And, and so again, it's I know really, that was a long Sorry, Kevin. No, no, that's the, that, <laughs> you brought up some really, really good points though, that people don't, or they, that they either don't think about or take lightly and we shouldn't take, okay. It's, can you retire? Yes. But again, should you, I mean, we, in the last episode, we talked about this just because you can, doesn't mean you should, or, you know, you could have retired 11 years ago. Why didn't you retire 11 years ago <laughs> at 62 with five? Because you have, you know, maybe you're working for another company and you have your 401k and you've got all that done. Why did you work so long? And they're like, I don't know. I, I've, I've had people who just keep working just because they don't know if they can retire. Should they retire? I don't know. Am I mentally ready to retire? Yeah, I could retire, but you know, I don't know financially if I can. So they just keep working. And so, yeah, it's all over the place. The law says you can. Well, the law, the rules say you can. But should you? Yeah. That's another question. Okay. Next question. All right. How long do I have to live in a blue state? And hold on. How long do I have to live in a blue state to not get fed taxed? Okay. Explain this one because I think this is something <laughs> from your um, webinar that I'm not too familiar with. <laughs> yeah, this is this is very, this is something specific from the webinar, that's right. So, whoops. So, I show this slide, or I slow, this is on part of a slide that I show. And mm -hmm. when, when we talk about pensions getting taxed, I say here, the blue states, you don't get taxed. They, they won't tax your federal pensions. In the yellow states, they won't tax some or all of your pensions if you fit a narrow band of criteria. And the gray states, you will be taxed. So so really the question is, so for example, I'm in Washington. I'm a Washington state, um, just outside of Portland. But let's say I lived in Portland, Oregon, 
Um, I had, I let's say I retired at the end of the year and then I l kept living in Oregon for six months and then I moved to Washington is my federal pension taxed. What do you think, Cassie? Well, uh, would a portion of it be taxed? I mean, yeah. because part of the time you were living in a state where there was no tax, but okay. So are you, are you living, are you a resident of the state? Like, does it right. matter? Um, because just because you're living in a state for a time, say I'm living with family or something because I haven't found a place or, you know, uh, I, like we just moved across across the country. We weren't technically residents of Tennessee for like a month after we were here. And so right. because we didn't have an actual address, like we were waiting to close on our house. And so what does that look like? Uh, what are the rules around whether or not you're taxed? I mean, just because you live in a state doesn't mean you're actually technically living there right exactly <laughs> and, and so it goes by okay. the rules of the of the state it goes by how long i mean because on on the taxes so in, in my circumstance in in the you know going from oregon to washington in that example i you know typically would say okay i lived in washington half of the year so i don't have to do state income tax return in washington because they don't have any state income tax period but in Oregon, I have to say that I received money there for six months. And so I do have to pay okay. taxes on that. And then the other half, I don't. So um, it, it really depends on residency laws and resident and, you know, were you really living there or was it a vacation? Um, there, there's a state or there's a law either coming or uh, it was passed in California that says... <laughs> And I'm going to get this wrong a little bit, but it's something like if you lived in California and then you moved away, you still owe taxes to California for 10 years. No Why joke. does that not surprise me? <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. So I'd have to look that up and see what that is again, because I read that in a number of places. and I was just dumbfounded. So that kind of stretch, yeah. it doesn't matter where you live. You're still going to get taxed. And. I, I, personally, I would be like, come and find me. Go ahead. Come and find me. <laughs> what are you going to do? But that's just me. I don't know. I don't know how that all works. Okay. Oh, let's talk about the next. Let's go to the next one here. Does thrift, okay, does thrift have a Roth option or should you go find a private Roth? So is this relating to the TSP, the thrift savings plan? Thrift, yeah, let's, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure it's basically does TSP have a Roth option or should you go find a private Roth? Again, I think with everything, it depends, right? <laughs> That's right. I mean, because yeah. it, because... it could be or it could be and you have a Roth that, yeah, of course there's a Roth option, but maybe you should do an and instead. It, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. First um, question. Does it have a Roth option? Cassie? Yes. Okay. Yes, it does. Deal. Yeah. Th that's easy. 
There, there's there's really no exception to the, I, I don't think there's any exceptions to that. That's just the way it is, period. Uh, now, one of the few. There are some limitations with the Wrath. Like, sure. you can't um, transfer your traditional to right. Wrath. Right. right. Like, you can't um, make a Wrath happen. You can begin contributing to the Wrath account, and that will set up a whole other account for you in the TSP, but you're always going to have traditional and Roth. Even if you're a hundred percent contributing to your Roth um, from the beginning of your career, because the TSP isn't going to match on the Roth side. If you're contributing 5% to the Roth and that's all you're doing, then the TSP will still match you because you're contributing to the TSP. It doesn't matter traditional or Roth account. They only require you to, um, to contribute to TSP and therefore they will match you. But their contributions to the TSP automatically go to the to the yeah. traditional side. They will not contribute their contributions, their match right. to the Roth side, even if you're contributing to it. Right. And basically okay. because they don't want to pay the taxes. They want you to pay the taxes on that, not them. <laughs> Makes the sense. government's not going to give you free taxed money. What? Are you serious? <laughs> I know. Uh, it would be nice. But you're right. Now, now, if you want to have different buckets of money and you just, okay, TSP is TSP. Um, I want to go find a private Roth. There might be some benefits to having a private Roth account that you can't find in the TSP. Yes. Yep. But that's going to depend on the state. That's going to depend on, you know, a, a number of different factors on the types of policy that are available um, to you, you know, and and what that looks like if you've got money to go into the Roth or, you know, something to that effect. Um, that's definitely something that you need to talk with a financial advisor about um, yeah. or for financial planner um, as far as that's concerned, because you've got to have somebody that's taking into consideration all of these different buckets of money that you're going to have coming in to find out if a Roth is even a good idea for you. Yeah. Number one, number two, what private Roth plans are going to fit what you're looking for and what your goals are. Right. right? And one thing that I've seen some people do just to show you, or not to show you specifically, but to show everyone listening or watching um, different options of what could happen. So you can, so, 19,000, at least for this year, 19,500 mm-hmm. in your TSP. You can do another $6,500 in catch up contributions and you get your 5% TSP match. Well, okay, so that's a, that's a decent amount of money going in, right? But what if someone is at yeah. the end of their career and they say, you know what, I can, I can do more and I'd like to do more. Well, you can get an outside Roth and contribute to that as well. So you can even do more. So, you know, there are strategies like that. Plus they have different, they have somewhat, some of some of the rules that they have are different. Some of the options they have are different. So uh, you can take advantage of that as well. So that's, that's one of the things that isn't talked about a lot of mixing the government options with industry standard options as well and using them in conjunction Really, I call that the best of both worlds. You can do so much if you can do both of them at the same time that 
they yeah. offset each other's weaknesses a lot. And I've seen a lot of times where um, maybe an employee has uh, a certain need that they can't qualify medically for, that sure. there's different writers on a policy or benefits to a policy. Yeah. Um, and they're called hybrid policies on the private side where they can't do those things on the TSP. And yep. so maybe it's beneficial for you to do a private policy just because of the other benefits um, that that plan has as opposed to, you know, the financial side of it. Um, and so it really depends, though, based on what you need uh, as far as, you know, and, and what's available in your state, because there are some definite limitations for certain states. Um, on these different plans though as well and what they can offer as far as different benefits and so i can't tell you just and i and i don't mean you but the employee i can't tell the employee whether or not it's going to be a good idea for them i mean do you live in california or new york florida washington uh, montana ohio like what state do you live in <laughs> right and i don't even know all the rules for that as far as um what's available like that's why you've got to have somebody local or who or somebody who's who knows your state's rules right. i shouldn't say uh somebody local because not always is you know somebody who's versed in the federal benefits going to be local and especially with covid like we're dealing with people all over the place yes. um the the important thing is is there's i think different factors that if you're looking for a financial advisor to answer this question for you you've got to think about one, are they versed in the federal benefits? Um, two, do they know your state's rules? Are they licensed to do insurance products or, or um, you know, different types of products, variable products, whatever, in your state, right? Um, and and three, are they going to actually be able to help you, or are they just looking for a quick buck? Like right. there are some financial advisors out there who are just strictly after, you know, one piece of the pie and, you know, just trying to sell you a, a product. But, you know, there are other advisors who aren't, who are looking for, um, who are genuinely trying to help you, right? Just get the information that's, that's best for you. And so um, if you need somebody like that, reach out to us. Um, they're going to give you two free meetings. They're going to talk to you about what your benefits are before they even answer the question on whether or not you should have a private plan. Because first, they have got to figure out the other, <laughs> the other things, right? Um, and so they're going to give you those two free meetings. So they're going to give you that consultation, get the information from you. And then they're going to be able to give you that benefits report so they can talk about what your federal benefits are and then figure out if they even need uh, if you need their assistance or not, and what that looks like moving forward. So if you need somebody, um, we've got a network of advisors who we trust and and we use and we, you know, help people get in contact with them because they mark out all of those boxes. They know the federal benefits. We're going to get you somebody who um, can help you, who's available in your state, who knows the rules and, and can help you with those different plans. Because if you need continued help, we want to make sure that you can get it. Um, and specifically for these types of questions, right, Kevin? That's exactly right. Yep, you're spot on. In fact, uh, these 
as you're talking about that, talking about these financial advisors, planners, whatever we want to call them, you're right. They're not looking to make a quick buck. They want to educate. And if they can give you the information like we are, we're in the same business. We we want to educate people and help them with their retirement to make sure that they're doing the right thing yep. for their retirement. So, so if you would, please like, subscribe, and hit the bell for more notifications if you're on YouTube, all that good stuff. Other than that, thanks, Cassie, and we will see everyone next time. Take care. Bye. To get Cassie's comprehensive report on your federal retirement benefits at no cost, no obligation, and no sales pitch, go to fednababble.com. While you're there, submit a question for them to answer on the show.